Welcome to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports, as always presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Cade Walker, and tonight I wanted to do something a little bit different, um, and I wanted to talk about MLB awards. Um, I mean, I have gone over uh, some various awards so far, but I did want to talk about something more um, MLB specific. You know, the MVP nominations and Cy Young nominations came out. So I want to talk about MVP nominations in this episode and, and who I believe deserves MVP. Uh, but before I do that, I do want to mention history uh, has sort of been made, but it's not something that we didn't expect. Nolan Arenado won his eighth consecutive Gold Glove Award in as many seasons in the major leagues. It's likely that he will win the Platinum Glove Award uh, yet again. He won the Fielding Bible Award, uh, which... Uh, he actually lost out on the past couple seasons, but it it was uh, very, very cool to see him win that again. Um, he deserved it. He was better than every other major league player in baseball in terms of defense. Even with a down year at the plate, he was superb uh, in on defense. He was a wizard um, and on pace for one of the greatest defensive seasons of all time. And, you know... it. 15 defensive run saved is really, really good for a 160-game season. He did that in 60 games. So uh, it's very impressive for, for what he did. So uh, props to him, and uh, hopefully he continues that production moving forward. And, you know, if his, if his bat returns to where it was the past few seasons, he could easily put himself back into MVP contention where he was uh, before he was as dominant as he was in the field this year. So well, we'll see how he looks moving forward, but that was very encouraging to see for Nolan, and he definitely deserved that. So to start off, I want to talk about the National League Major League Baseball MVP finalists. So this one was slightly confusing to me when, when the nominations came out. You got Mookie Betts. Freddie Freeman, I expected these names. And Manny Machado. Manny Machado I didn't expect. Um, he wasn't even the Padre that I expected to be on this list. Uh, obviously, Fernando Tatis had an incredible season, and I expected him to be on the list. Looking at the raw data, you know, you take Tatis, and Tatis was fourth in the major leagues and wins above replacement per fan graphs at 2.9. Machado down at 10 with 2.6. I looked into it a little bit further, and jumped past the Fangraphs formula for wins above replacement. I also looked at Baseball Reference and Baseball Prospectus. Uh, baseball Prospectus has the wins above replacement player, so it's warp, not war, uh, if that's if that matters too much. Um, that's what I'm referring to if I refer to warp. So uh, looking at Baseball Reference in terms of wins above replacement, Manny Machado actually led Tatis uh, 2.8 to Tatis's 2.5, so I definitely see uh, the reasoning there. And in terms of warp, Manny Machado was fourth in the league with 2.1, and Tatis was actually all the way down at 0.9, which was definitely something that uh, shocked me a little bit. Then I looked at where the fielding runs above average graded Tatis, and they graded Tatis at about negative uh, 5.5, which was not something that matches up necessarily uh, with defensive runs saved. 
uh, or with UZR, or I believe even with outs above average per baseball savant. But I guess that's where they have him. So uh, in terms of those two measures of wins above replacement, Machado was was better, and he probably um, deserves to be nominated for MVP. But at, at any rate, he was third in this race. And this, this race is undoubtedly between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Now, comparing these two was very difficult, and I'm not even 100% confident in who I chose as the deserving winner. So, you know, you take the wins above replacement statistics, right? You look at the top of the list on fan graphs, and you have Freddie Freeman posting a 3.4 wins above replacement, and you have Mookie Betts at 3.0. Uh, that's a pretty decent difference, especially in a shortened season, as war is a cumulative statistic. So Freddie Freeman was a little bit better in terms of Fangraph's war. Well, you look at some other things. You look at Baseball Prospectus and the Warp, and Warp had Mookie Betts at 0.5 wins better. Uh, so, you know, comparing these two, it's about even. Uh, and I, I tend to lean towards Fangraph's. I think I, I like their proprietary statistics a little bit better, but I always balance it with baseball prospectus and baseball reference, which baseball reference, speaking of, also had bets at 3.4 and Freddie Freeman at 2.9. So in two out of the three war formulas, you have bets above, uh, but in Fangraph's war, which I tend to lean towards, Freddie Freeman uh, posted a little bit higher of a wins above replacement. So this was this was tougher to me. I, I couldn't choose just based off of wins above replacement, right? You know, you look at what makes a baseball player valuable, and it's their hitting, it's their fielding, it's their base running. So, you know, I tried, decided to break these components down individually. And what I found was pretty interesting, and it didn't make my decision any easier. But Freddie Freeman this year posted a 187. WRC plus and you know how WRC plus works is uh, 100 is league average however many per, uh, points above or below that is a rough guess of percentage points of how, how much that player was better than league average so a 187 means that Freddie Freeman was about 87% better than league average at the plate now that's incredible um, the only player who posted a better WRC plus this year, I believe, was Juan Soto, uh, and he did it in 13 less games. So the the way that Freddie Freeman was dominant on offense was unmatched. You look at Mookie Betts, and while Mookie Betts was amazing, he posted a 149 WRC plus, which is about uh, just just under 30, uh, 40 points worse, about 38 points uh, below Freddie Freeman, which, you know, 149 is respectable in and of itself. That's about that's almost 50% uh, better than a league average hitter, and you know all things considered, I, that's a, a great number for rookie bets, and um, it's just shocking to see the dominance because Mookie Betts was amazing this year, incredible at the plate, and Freddie Freeman was just that much better. You know that 38 point, almost 40 point difference in WRC plus is roughly the same distance as say oh Manny Machado and Randall Grichik from the Blue Jays. Not that Randall Grichik is bad. It's just that he's way worse than, than Manny Machado at the plate. Uh, Manny Machado was so good at the plate this year that he was a, an MVP candidate. So that's just the disparity between how good Mookie Betts was and how unbelievably good 
Freddie Freeman was this season. And it's re- uh, reflected in other statistics. You know, you look at W or at DRC plus, which is deserved runs created plus from baseball prospectus. And you have Freddie Freeman posting 172 and Mookie Betts posting 150, which is excellent. Uh, 150 is fantastic. It's just, it's just not 172. You know, that's roughly the same difference between someone like Alex Dickerson, who put up a great season this year, and, and Mookie Betts, who is an MVP candidate. So there's just a, a disparity, you know, between how unbelievable Freddie Freeman was this season and how dominant, um, how much more dominant he was than, than Mookie Betts, uh, at least offensively. You know, you take a look at on-base percentage. Now, on-base percentage is a pretty indicative statistic, I think. And Freddie Freeman, this guy got on base at a rate of 462, or about 46% of the time. And that's unbelievable. That's almost half the time uh, of half of his at-bats. He reached base safely. And Mookie Betts put up, you know, a very respectable 366. 366 is definitely nothing to scoff at. That's an excellent number, and he still, uh, through that, posted an OPS of 928, which is an elite number. Uh, but, you know, Freddie Freeman reached base in 10% more of his at-bats compared to Mookie Betts. That's that's very significant. Um, and that's definitely something worth considering. And it was unbelievable how dominant Freddie Freeman was at the plate. But, but Freddie Freeman defensively was about average. You know, and that's really valuable for him considering the fact that he was so good offensively. Um, they could still play him defensively and not consider him a liability. Uh, that's something that is valuable to a team looking to, to produce runs. Um, you know, every team's looking to produce runs, and if you have a guy that can produce runs at this rate, it helps that he's not a defensive liability. Again, but Mookie Betts posted 10 defensive runs saved in the outfield. And I don't tend to use defensive runs saved as a statistic to evaluate outfielders. Um, but again, you know, if we're comparing players in terms of their value, you want to see how much better they are than the average player at preventing runs on defense and at gaining runs on offense. Uh, so, you know, he it, if we take the 10 defensive runs saved at face value, that I, I think most statisticians as a rule of thumb, about 10 runs is about one win, one additional win for your team. So that's that's huge, especially if you consider, you know, the the war numbers this year, the wins above replacement numbers this year, somewhere in the, the two to three range. You know, one full win is huge. Um, and that's, that's just a rule of thumb. That's not science by any means. Um, I mean, it's, it's based on it, but that's it's not uh, not science by any means. And again, I think Mookie Betts also gained about three runs base running for his team per Fangraphs' base running runs statistic. So, um, and that's about three more runs than Freddie Freeman, who's not a not an excellent runner, not a liability again, but not uh, not someone who's considered too far above average. But you know, Mookie Betts was by far the more complete player. He was elite. He was one of the better defensive players in the league, posting ten defensive runs saved, which is you know, about as close as you can get to Nolan's 15. <laughs> so 10 defensive runs saved in a shortened season, you know, over a full season, that's 
almost that's you know that's about 25 defensive runs saved on that rate um, just rough calculation off the top of my head so that's that's definitely something worth considering is how good Mookie Betts was on all sides of the ball you know and it's a tough decision to make because you have to decide against you know one of the best all-around players in baseball a true five-tool player you know you can't you don't find a ton of five-tool players uh, in in Major League Baseball anymore you know Mike Trout the greatest baseball player alive is not someone who I'd consider as a, a five-tool baseball player um, at least in terms of statistics, because he, he has a good glove as a defender, but he doesn't have a elite stellar glove. Mookie Betts is elite at everything in baseball. Um, and I'm not making a case for, for Betts over Trout, just in a vacuum. Trout's the best player this, gen- this generation, currently the best player on the face of the earth, and he will be for the foreseeable future. Um, but again, Mookie Betts is a true five-tool player, and he showcased it all year this year, and he was so valuable to that Dodgers team, um, both tangibly and intangibly, I think. But again, it's very, very difficult to ignore the amount of offensive dominance that Freddie Freeman had. So if I had to make a choice, I would I would very, very hesitantly take Freddie Freeman. Uh, if, if you disagree with me and you would prefer Mookie Betts' season to Freddie Freeman's, I don't blame you. And I wouldn't even argue with you. Uh, but again, slight preference for the unbelievable dominance that Freddie Freeman put up this season. If you're a team and you're looking to put up runs, well, every team's looking to put up runs. You take the guy who uh, who puts up runs and who gets on base better than anyone in the league and who knocks in runs better than anyone in the league. Again, I don't look at RBI or runs scored, uh, but... You know, he reaches base 46% of the time, and he was still slugging an incredible percentage at 640. So this guy's going to knock in runs. He's going to get on base. That's how you win ball games. And uh, that sounds very old school, but it's not considering it's backed up by the numbers. So I would take Freddie Freeman, again, very hesitantly. If you take Mookie Betts, I wouldn't even argue with you. So uh, with the National League discussion out of the way, I uh, want to talk about our sponsors really briefly before I move into the American League. So I uh, want to talk about DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, the season is in full swing and action is still unfolding. So head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right, you bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting. This weekend, Denver is taking on Atlanta in the clash of two high-flying offenses, so get in on all of the action now. Uh, On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds boost every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code MHS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, risk-free coverage, paid out in site credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash 
Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So now I want to talk about the American League MVP award and the nominees. So, you know, this one was also a little bit confusing once you looked at the Fangraphs numbers and then you broke it down past that. You look at Fangraphs, you take Fangraphs at face value. Uh, yeah, I had a teammate this week. He asked me who, uh, who I thought should win American League MVP. Um, I pulled up the Fangraphs numbers, and I'm like, well, well, it looks like Jose Ramirez has a pretty sizable lead, so I, I think I'll, uh, I'll go with him. So I looked further into the numbers past that afterwards before I recorded this, and I don't think it's that simple. So Jose Ramirez uh, is tied for first in Fangraphs War with Freddie Freeman at 3.4. Um, second place from the nominees at least is Jose Abreu at 2.6 so that's 0.8 wins above replacement that's pretty substantial uh, at least considering this shortened season and then third would be DJ LeMahieu at 2.5 so DJ LeMahieu and Jose Abreu pretty neck and neck 2.5, 2.6 and both pretty substantially below Jose Ramirez so it seems like an easy decision based on this right Uh, well (laughs) maybe not so I decided to look at some further numbers just to, to understand why. Uh, so I looked at WRC plus, right, to to determine hitting, just like I did with um, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, that, that whole ordeal. So I looked at WRC plus. Jose Ramirez posted a very respectable WRC plus of 163, about 63% above league average. Jose Abreu posted 167, so, you know, about four points higher, same kind of tier, uh, you know, that's six, about 60-something percent better than league average. That's impressive. DJ LeMahieu posted 177 WRC+. plus, So he was about 14% better than Jose Ramirez and about 10% better than Jose Abreu uh, in terms of WRC+. plus. So that was uh, very interesting to see. So I was, I looked at the defensive numbers, and I thought, hey, well, if Jose Ramirez is behind offensively, then, you know, he must be ahead defensively, right? That wasn't exactly the case. Jose Ramirez posted negative six defensive run save this year at third base. And uh, DJ LeMahieu posted zero defensive run save um, at his at various positions that he played this year. So he was about league average. Jose Ramirez was about six runs below average. Um, and something I didn't expect from Jose Abreu, but he was, he, uh, he was actually very solid. He posted about five defensive runs saved over at first base. So all things considered, Jose Ramirez uh, was below these guys in terms of the defensive numbers and the offensive numbers. Uh, pretty close to Jose Abreu, well within the margin, uh, but uh, not very close to DJ LeMahieu. So I'm not really sure why Fangraphs has Jose Ramirez so much higher. I mean, if you look at base running runs, Jose Ramirez is an excellent base runner, but he posts 1.9 base running runs, which isn't substantially higher than DJ LeMahieu 0.7. Um, it's definitely higher than Jose Abreu's negative uh, one, but again, like these, that's kind of a marginal difference, and I don't think that should make up nearly close to the uh, the zero point eight and wins above replacement. So I couldn't really come to a conclusion just based off of those numbers. So I looked again at Baseball prospe- uh, Prospectus, looked at those numbers, I looked at wins above replacement player uh, WARP, right, and first place in this stat well actually there wasn't a first place 
Both Jose Abreu and DJ LeMahieu tied in baseball prospectus at 1.9 wins above replacement player. And you couldn't find Jose Ramirez until roughly 70th on the list uh, at 1.1. So um, this was not helpful in trying to make the decision. Uh, but, you know, Jose Abreu and DJ LeMahieu are, are, are very neck and neck. They were uh, only separated by 0.1 in, in Fangraphs wins above replacement, not separated at all by wins above replacement player in baseball prospectus. In terms of deserved runs created plus, you have Jose Abreu at 140, DJ LeMahieu at 135. So Jose Abreu with a slight edge there, um, but obviously LeMahieu with a slightly better glove. Um, and that's, that's pretty curious to see how the difference between the results from deserved runs created plus and weighted runs created plus over at Fangraphs. So, I mean, the lead over on weighted runs created plus was a little bit more substantial here, but um, again, you know, deserved runs created plus is a very excellent stat in its own right, and I, I definitely respect both of the statistics. So they seemed pretty equivalent on on this front, so I decided to take it a little bit further, look at baseball reference, and looked at their wins above replacement. And um, this was um, even less helpful. You know, Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu both posted 2.8 wins above replacement. And Jose Ramirez posted a 2.2. So uh, I think, you know, based off of the evaluation of offense, defense individually, and two of the wins above replacement statistics, I think Jose Ramirez probably is a very comfortable third place in my opinion. So I think this this MVP race, in my mind, is between DJ LeMahieu and Jose Abreu. And it's... Uh, it's pretty clear-cut, in my opinion, uh, that it's between these two. But between these two, it's not clear-cut at all. It's very, very contested. You know, both of them post very similar wins above replacement numbers, basically the same. Um, defensively, it's... Uh, so defensively, it's an interesting discussion because you have Jose Abreu, who posted five defensive run saves, which is very good. Definitely uh, a little bit of a deviation from his career, a little bit of an outlier. But, you know, he posted that this season, so that's what we're evaluating him based off of. So, you look at D.J. LeMahieu, who played, you know, three positions this year, didn't post uh, any above-average numbers in terms of defensive runs saved, but at the same time, he was more versatile defensively. And I think when you put numbers into a statistic like wins above replacement, there is a positional adjustment when you're accounting for defense and those defensive statistics. So I, I think those are tied into the wins above replacement, which, you know, makes this such a, a contested position to take. You know, it, it's not a very clear cut decision uh, because you already have those positional adjustments in place, those, those park adjustments in place as well. So, all things considered, these players were on the same level this year. These were the two most valuable players in the American League between Jose Abreu and DJ LeMahieu. Um, and I think the, a difference here, a lot of people will point out that, oh, the Yankees made the playoffs and uh, they did better. I, I mean, I think that has some merit, but uh, again, uh, let's, I don't think that's, that's how we should determine things. On a rate basis, DJ LeMahieu was better. He posted the same number of uh, raw production in all three wins above replacement stats in 10 less games. So he was better on a rate-by-rate -rate basis, 
and that's okay. I think that's valuable. Um, but at the same time, I think DJ LeMahieu also provided a little bit more defensive versatility. You know, I think if he if he played second base exclusively, he might have performed a little bit better. Maybe not. Um, he's not elite at this point in terms of his glove. He's still very good, not elite. So I think he provides a lot of value to a team. Utility infielder, that's what they brought him in as, right, as a kind of a sort of a like a fifth infielder uh, when they signed him. But, you know, he turned out to be their best player, so or at least one of their best players. So I think this season, um, maybe this is biased, but I, I would lean with DJ LeMahieu. And even if it is biased, um, I'll gladly admit that there's there's probably a little bit of that. Uh, I'd love to see DJ LeMahieu win an MVP award uh, as a you know former Rockies guy, right? Watched him uh, perform so well uh, here for, for so many years. Um, and seeing him go thrive elsewhere, I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but at the same time, his case is rock solid, and he is at the very worst a top two player in the American League, or at least was this season in terms of his numbers. So uh, that's who I would go with was DJ LeMahieu. I know as Rockies fans, you probably wouldn't even disagree with me there, uh, but just know that there, uh, there's an, an admittedly a slight amount of bias, but regardless, he has the case for it based off of the numbers, and he's objectively a legitimate MVP candidate this year, and he has a fantastic case for it. Um, and I think I leaned with him mostly because of his defensive versatility and his slightly better offensive production just on a rate basis. But, I mean, Jose Abreu was, again, probably equally as deserving. So um, this was this was a, f a fun little experiment just to evaluate these guys. Next episode, I'll talk about the Cy Young Award winners, I believe, uh, were, were better. Um, suited to, to win the award this season. That's going to be an interesting discussion as well because there's a lot of hair splitting that I'm going to have to do uh, for that. So um, thank you for tuning into this episode of 20th and Blake. As always, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully this episode uh, helps you take your mind off of um, uh, all the surrounding circumstances of, of, the, of the new cycle. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, follow me on Twitter at Cade C. Walker. And we will talk to you next time.